Hi, honey. My name is Travis. I'm a psychic medium, and this is Psychic Happy Hour, a podcast designed to help you along your spiritual journey while having a few laughs along the way. Join me and some of my special guests as we dive into various topics around life and what lies beyond. I'm so excited that you're here. Let's go ahead and get started with this week's episode. Welcome back to Psychic Happy Hour. Today's guest is someone who is very special, not only just in my life as a friend, but also has been an an amazing just friend, partner, hand holder, emotional support human through my own spiritual journey. And I'm so excited to introduce to you guys Ari Honeyford, who started this amazing spiritual community called Awkwardly Zen. Welcome, Ari, to Psychic Happy Hour. I'm so, so, so excited to have you here with me today. Thanks, Travis. Wow, what a nice uh, intro. And I feel the same way about you. Well, thank you. And, you know, we have been friends for a while now. So I've just been so excited for this episode and introduced Awkwardly Zen and you to the listeners of Psychic Happy Hour. And um, so today's conversation is going to be a lot of fun, you guys. And some of our focus is going to be on not only spiritual communities, but leadership and also some healing in there because that's what we do here at Psychic Happy Hour. So I think this is going to be a super fun conversation. And I just want to kick it off. Ari, tell us about Awkwardly Zen, what it is, how it serves the spiritual community and where it was birthed. Okay. Uh, You know, the light questions. Uh, so Awkwardly Zen was created three years ago this week, actually, um, which is so fun. It is just our anniversary. And uh, it was created on meetup.com, um, which in, and on the app meetup. And it it's a safe space for people to explore their spirituality. And the goal is, is to just create, you know, just a, a, a place where people can come to chat about all the weirdness on the spiritual path in a safe place, because I think that so many people don't have that. And uh, that's, that's kind of where it came from. I was really blessed on my spiritual path to have a group of friends that I could talk about all of the weird things that happened, all of the exciting things that were happening, um, all of the moments where you think you're going crazy. So I had that, but as I started widening my scope and talking to other people about spirituality, so many people said, I don't have anyone to talk to about these things. And so as I kept getting messages through channeling and um, also through getting readings from different people, I was supposed to do this great big thing. And I was supposed to, to create a community. And I did not for the life of me had any idea how to do that because I was so new on my path. So it felt really, um, I don't know, I guess a major uh, imposter syndrome going on mm-hmm. where it was just this, who am I to start a community? And then what I realized was it wasn't about me being a teacher or a guru or being the the leader. It was about me creating a space where all of us can kind of wander through this together uh, in a safe spot where you can say anything and people aren't going to look at you like you've lost your mind. And uh, since then it has grown in a huge way. Uh, We are in four different countries officially, but we have people from all over the world 
We've got over 13,000 members at this point. Uh, we do over 30 free events every single month on Meetup. Uh, and we've just started um, adding some in-person events and trying to figure that out across the world, which is a whole different thing to navigate. So it's just been a really fun adventure. And just I've met the most amazing people through it. I'm just so grateful. Yeah, you have played such a huge part in creating this amazing community. And my first experience with Awkwardly Zen, I was looking for psychic development, which is something that Awkwardly Zen offers uh, monthly, monthly or bi-monthly? No, monthly. We actually do monthly. a channeling, a free channeling practice. Uh, and then we also do a psychic development practice every month. Beautiful. Yeah. I, cause I remember going to that psychic development practice and, you know, I was just fresh on my path as well. I had really just started kind of getting into, I've been doing readings for a few months. I had this, you know, great TikTok account, but I'm like, oh my God, I need a teacher. And so I get on meetup and I was like psychic development near me. And awkwardly Zen was like the first thing to pop up. And I remember going and it's, it's wild when you're on any path in life, but especially the spiritual path, because there's not really a lot of people that are kind of out of the broom closet or talking about, you know, their, their connection to spirit or the work that they do. And so I remember being in this room with all these people and I'm like petrified, but then I don't know the energy of that room. Just after a couple of minutes, I just eased into it. I remember sitting with people who are also developing their gift and it just being so, beautiful to see people just like yep here I am I might be like you know a an accountant during the day or going to an office job but here I am working on developing my psychic senses and then um and and then from there I went to uh a zen zoom which tell everyone what a zen zoom is because these are like probably my most favorite thing to go to yeah, I love our Zen Zooms. We have four Zen Zooms uh, every week. Uh, and the Zen Zooms are just an open conversation about spirituality. So everyone comes in and we always have moderators who moderate our events, which I think is really one of the reasons why we have been more successful as our volunteers take creating that safe space very seriously. Uh, and so then everyone comes in from all over the world and we uh, do a little bit of guidelines. We do a little grounding and then we ask everyone what's going on with them. And then from there, the moderators help a conversation get started. And it's just such a beautiful thing because every one of them is different. Uh, and you can kind of see themes that start in the world, um, what people are going through. Uh, there are people who have been on their spiritual path for decades and there's people who are brand new. So there's this beautiful mix, but nobody nobody really acts like they're better than anyone else. And it's one of my favorite things about Awkwardly Zen as a whole mm -hmm. is, you know, our partners understand the people who we work with, the psychics and the mediums and, and coaches and all of the people that we vet to be partners, they understand that it is expected and um, really admired for being a part of the community and understanding that they are still on their path and they're still growing and learning. And so it is so fun to watch someone who's been on their path for a week, come in and say something that somebody who's been going with this for decades is like, wow, that just really resonated with me. And I think that's what makes it so beautiful. Yeah. And it, you just kind of forget how much you need that as a human, just for someone to see you and understand you and just totally get 
you know, what it can be like when you're opening up to, you know, I say a spiritual path and air quotes, which to me has just been a path to deeper healing. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I think you, you get people spiritual path means a billion different things, right? Mm -hmm. It can, it can mean so much. I mean, our number one rule is there's no right or wrong and Mm -hmm. to hold space for someone to have a different point of view than you, because Mm -hmm. like you have a different view on spirituality than I do. And we Mm -hmm. are our friends. So we talk about this daily. Uh, However, for some people out there who maybe were raised in a more traditional religion or who um, have never been taught to open their minds to different viewpoints, it is a shock when you come in and there's all of these people saying things that you might not agree with, but we're mm-hmm. asking you to sit and just say, maybe just even for the hour, just say maybe. Uh, and it's been so neat to watch. Um, one of my favorites, we have a, a gentleman who used to work pretty high up in the department of defense. Uh, and he joins us. Mm-hmm. I won't say his name. Uh, mm-hmm. He joins us and he is regularly talking about how he came in because he was starting meditation practice and that's what drew him to our group. And now he explores dream interpretation and he's interested in all of these other topics because they've come up and speaking. Yeah. It's not that he necessarily believes everything, but mm-hmm. it is his mind has just opened to such a way that he is he is willing to even consider things that he never was before. And that is really exciting to me. That is really exciting and so beautiful. And um, so, you know, you, you know, clearly you're a defined leader within Awkwardly Zen. I know, you know, in conversations you will have, you know, we'll have together. You're, you're so um, very, very honest and and humble about it, that it's not just yours, it's the communities, which is very beautiful. You're clearly a defined leader and in the in the organization. And so what has been one of your biggest lessons with leading a spiritual community, especially one of this size? Well, you know, I think, yes, at the end of the day, I'm the one who has to make the final yes or no decision on on so many things. Um, I'm blessed that I have a lead team that has my back that helps me make every decision. I very rarely make one on my own. Um, And then we have an ethics committee that we can take things to if they get a little bit dicey, which definitely happens. And then we have all of our volunteers as well, not to mention our beautiful community. So when I say it's not me, it's because there's so much more than me that makes it happen. Mm-hmm. However, uh, if I had to say the main thing that has been part of my lesson, and and interestingly enough, and not shocking in any way, it's also one of the things I think I was brought here this time around to learn. Um, I can't make everyone happy. And uh, that was a hard one for me as a a recovering people pleaser and perfectionist, uh, it it is tough when you realize that there's someone who you are going to have to ask to not be a part of the group for the yeah. safety of the group. Yeah. And uh, I've had some brilliant mentors along the way, and and some of our our partners have been so helpful with with helping me with that because I I want everyone to feel comfortable and safe and have a space. Um, but there are people out there who their own trauma, their own own challenges um, means that they can't necessarily be a part of our community in the way everyone else is. And, and that's really heartbreaking to me when it happens. However, for the greater good of the community and the safety of the community, it's just one of the things that comes with leadership. Yeah. 
uh, Ari and I go to the same People Pleasers Anonymous meetings, just in case anyone <laughs> was curious. <laughs> we really should start that. <laughs> um, and yeah, we really should. And everyone just practices saying no at the beginning of the meeting. Um, but <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I think back to... Um, you know, I think back to the first couple of meetings that I came to with Awkwardly Zen. And it's so funny. It really does, to me in a way, feel like this really awesome, safe container to share things. But one of the things I always wondered about you, and now that I know you as my friend, it's so cool to see just the way that you lead and the way that you handle things with such care but that can't come necessarily easy especially when you are somebody who is on your own healing journey as well right so yeah. how do you balance your own healing journey with being somebody who really is like a, a you know a, a a you know a leader teacher friend in <laughs> totally. this community yeah, you know, I I love this question uh, because I think that one of the things I see the most within the spiritual community is that often those of us who are practitioners or teachers or leaders um, make the mistake of thinking that the work we do is doing the work. Yeah. And I don't think that that is always the case. I do think there's benefit from the work that we do and we can see growth within ourselves from the the services we provide. But at the end of the day, to me, doing work is going within and figuring out uh, what's happening here and why did that trigger me and 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 what do I need to do about that? What can I let go of? What's not serving me anymore? And and so I will be completely transparent and say sometimes I'm not good at it. <laughs> like sometimes same uh, here, <laughs> right? Because sometimes I'm I mean I'm constantly busy with doing spiritual work. Um, so every once in a while I'm like, I'm just too tired. And that's when my guides tip in and are like, oh yeah, well, let's go ahead and cause this whatever issue to happen so that you get triggered so that you have to deal with this. Uh -huh. I am seeing those as opportunities now instead of, of um, challenges um, because it really does give me the opportunity to stop and think, okay, what do I want to be and who do I want to be? And if I want to lead this group authentically, I sure as heck better be like walking the walk. And so it's been really, it's been really a good lesson for me. Uh, and sometimes, like I said, I do it well, and sometimes I don't, but, but when I don't do it well, when I'm not taking the time to meditate or to uh, dig in or to do my own readings and my own experience, um, source, source is real good at letting me know. Oh, I felt that on like a soul level. And I know that, you know, you and I have this personal relationship. So, you know, you know, something that I went through recently as well. And it's, it's interesting, right? Getting to that awareness where it goes from, goes from that kind of almost that victim mindset of this person's doing this to me, this person's doing that to me. And then that switching of awareness to, all right, what's my part in this? What do I need to learn here? Yes. How can I shift and just move forward in a way that feels good with a regulated nervous system? How did you get to 
how did you get to that point for yourself? Am I at that point, Travis? That's well, the well, uh, yeah, <laughs> I am. I am. Yeah. Usually, usually I will say again, for me, it has been the realization that the only thing that I have any sort of control over is myself. Mm. And so as I have watched, um, I, I use an example. So when we first started Awkwardly Zen, I would say a good portion of the Zen Zooms were all about boundaries, right? And I think mm -hmm. boundaries are really important and it's something that we need to talk about, but we were talking about it a lot. And that was a clear mirror for me of where I was. I did have mm -hmm. to create the boundaries, but then I found myself uh, almost using boundaries as a deflection tool. Um, as I know. Oh, um, I just got chills that resonated. Yeah. And it's hard when you realize that because yeah. you're like, I have to create these boundaries because you are doing this to me. Right. And again, it falls into that victim mindset that I absolutely like put on like a coat. Right. I was like, let me just get in this victim mindset and just stay here. Yeah. And once I started realizing that I had separated myself from the people who were actively destructive in my life. And I do think that that is important. Mm -hmm. um, however, then I started realizing that the same themes were going on in the rest of my life with people who I knew were supportive and loving of me. Mm. So at that point, I'm the problem, right? I'm me, me, it's me, it's me. Uh, <laughs> Damn Taylor and, Swift in that song. I know. Uh, <laughs> but once I realized that, it, it's a fine line because you also well, I don't want to should anyone. Another big rule in awkwardly said is we don't should anyone. But for me personally, I, I have a fine line of beating myself up for things that I don't need to beat myself up for. Mm -hmm. And also realizing that I need to face things in myself that I have not healed yet or um, still need to work on. And so it's, it's always going to be a process, right? It's never going to be something in my life where all of a sudden I'm healed. And when I hear people say that, I just, everything in me is like, oh, I just tighten uh, because I'm like, I, I can't ever imagine. I get more healed on a day-to-day -day basis. There are yeah. things that are healing within me as I do this work that I'm so grateful for, but there is always going to be these beautiful opportunities to grow and to expand and to lighten who I am. Um, so it's an, it's an ongoing thing, I would say. And I think for me, honestly, a lot of it is knowing when to take it seriously and knowing when to not take it seriously and to lighten up because uh, I don't think digging into every problem I've ever had and every trauma that has ever happened all at once is ever going to be a good thing for me. So sometimes my team is pretty good about going, hey, you got to lighten up. Like mm -hmm. maybe, maybe go watch a movie. Uh, and I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm going to go do that. <laughs> Uh, so I don't know. I don't have a, a clear answer for that. I just think it's constantly a work in progress, but at the end of the day, I am the only one who can make my life better. And, uh, now that I realize that it comes with a whole lot more work and also a whole lot more joy. Do you feel like, curious to get your take on this. Do you feel like, because there is, there is work, right. And sometimes it can feel a little daunting, but do you feel like, with just where you're at now or doing the work consistently, or I think better words that I'm looking for would be now that you're familiar with what the work looks like and you've set up support for yourself and you've set up 
ways to um, support yourself in some of those times that can be a little bit more challenging. Do you feel like that work either gets easier or do you feel like it's less intimidating to tackle it? Hmm. Uh, yes, in certain senses. Uh, I don't necessarily know if the word easier is where I would sit, but I would say it feels faster. Mm. Um, the more I surrender and the more I lean into the discomfort, the faster I get through it. And for much of my life, that was not a concept that I, I tried at all. Um, the idea of surrender (laughs) was so terrifying to me, um, that for me now, when something pops up, I try to allow it, right? If, if Mm -hmm. I'm sitting there on the couch and all of a sudden I am feeling this bubble of sadness, instead of pushing it down and being afraid that my husband's going to think I've lost my mind, I just say, (laughs) Ooh, bubble of sadness is coming up. going to cry for a minute. And he's like, all right. And I just sit and cry for a minute and then we're done. Right. Whereas I used to push everything down, which is why all of this needs to work its way out of my system. Um, and there's a lot that I unknowingly did to myself by pushing those emotions down. I used to have huge anger issues, huge. And I didn't, understand that that anger was covering sadness, which was covering more anger, which was covering more sadness, uh, you know? And so as I, I navigate all of these things, it gets easier in the sense that it's not as big anymore. Um, that anger has dissipated so much and I have a clear understanding of what healthy anger is, um, Mm. and healthy sadness is and, That has, and that's not just through my spiritual practice. That's also through therapy. I'm a big fan of therapy. Uh, Mm. And so all of those things have allowed me to lighten my load enough that when something daunting happens, I can, I can be with it instead of hiding from it or pushing it away. That's beautiful. And, you know, we were talking a little bit about boundaries earlier, and I just want to go back to this just for a second how have you learned that or how have you learned how to distinguish the difference? Because I think boundaries is one of those really big buzzwords on social media right now, mm. especially in the spiritual community, which is great. And I love that we're talking about it. But how do you know for yourself when you're using boundaries as a tool for connection and keeping yourself, but also keeping yourself safe? And how do you know when you're using boundaries as a tool for deflection? So for me, again, and I I kind of sound like a broken record, so I apologize for that, but it's about going within. It's about stopping and saying, how does this feel to me? Mm. Because if I am setting a boundary because I am triggered Mm -hmm. and I don't stop to say, are you setting this to try to stop the feeling of being triggered? Or are you setting this because you truly feel like it is what you need to feel more safe in your own body, in your own skin, then those are the, the differentials there. Right. And I've done both and I still do both. Like I'm not, by no means am I perfect. (laughs) So there are definitely times, uh, and I laugh because Travis gets a lot of this from me where I'll send a message saying, and I'm triggered and, and, but acknowledging the fact that I'm triggered first always seems to really help me because when I, when I know I'm triggered, that is, 
that is my stuff, right? Like I'm the one who is getting triggered. So I get to stop and go, now, why? Why is this the case? And then what is the tool that needs to happen? Is it something that I need to tell someone else, here's what I need from you? Mm -hmm. Or is it truly just something within me that I can go, this, this doesn't really matter. Like why this doesn't matter. Um, But I do think, you know, the problem with words is they have a lot of power Mm -hmm. and we give them so much power. And so when my, my husband is a good, a good person. Um, I'm glad he's not in the room because he'd have a lot to say about this. But when I first (laughs) did and I was setting boundaries, all over the place. Every little thing was a boundary, right? I'd be like, I'm going to set a boundary with you. Now, there were some boundaries that need to be set in my marriage at that time. However, I was setting boundaries for the silliest little stuff. Like, and bless this man's heart because you could just see on his face, he was ready to like lose it when I'd say that word. And luckily he went with me on my path and allowed me to go through that phase. But now, especially when I see people who are newer on their path, and I hear them say many of the things I said before, I'm like, that feels really intense. Do I really need to set a mm-hmm. boundary, which is a big word? Mm-hmm. Or do I just need to say, hey, I'd feel totally more comfortable if this is the way we communicated about this? Mm-hmm. Because I think sometimes we escalate situations within spirituality that don't need to be escalated mm-hmm. because there is still that fear that's kicking up with us. Mm -hmm. So that's another thing with me is if I feel scared about something or fearful, that's usually not a great time for me to be throwing anything out, but I got to get underneath that fear to figure out what the true emotion is. Um, Because anything through a layer of fear is going to be ugly. That resonates so much with me. And just looking at my own journey with boundaries too, right? Like I would use those totally as armor. It wasn't to like make things better. It was just because I was uncomfortable and I don't want to be uncomfortable and you're making me uncomfortable. So guess what? Boundary. And in that moment, like I actually probably needed the discomfort, right? I mean, some boundaries, like you were saying, you know, some of them absolutely necessary and needed. But a lot of times for boundaries, it's like the boundaries I need to put on myself. Like don't throw a boundary out there quite so fast, take some time with it. Right. Um, and so, you know, with the rise, the the rise in air quotes of spirituality and it, you know, being all over social media and, you know, I know that we saw this kind of rise happen during, um, the time where we were all in our homes for a little bit. Um, and, and that's kind of where awkwardly Zen was birthed. Yeah. You clearly were, on social media, looking at spirituality, trying to like find a place, understand some things. And, and what is something that you wish you either saw then or wish you saw more of now that you wished more spiritual practitioners would talk about in regards to spirituality or finding your way towards that path? Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, you know, it's funny because yes, I am on a variety of social medias, but as you know, as my friend, I am awful on social media. Like I don't have followers. I don't, I don't post stuff all the time. I'm working on my YouTube, but you know, however, I get a lot of things sent to me. I have a lot of people talking about things. I, I pay attention. And I think one of the biggest things that I wish, and it's a fine line because I don't want people out there complaining and I don't want people out there lowering frequency, Mm -hmm. but I do feel like 
there is a lack of, um, I don't know, authenticity maybe about how hard this is Mm -hmm. um, and how messy it is. And I think one of the things that I think draws people to Awkwardly Zen is our moderators are not asked to be perfect. They are asked Mm -hmm. to be human. And so when I'm leading a Zen Zoom uh, and something comes up, I'll flat out say, you know, yesterday I had a rough day and I went to bed. I got in bed, I got under the covers and I thought I'll try again tomorrow. And I can't tell you how many people will reach out and say, thank you so much for that. You just seem like you have it all together. And so thank you for just being authentic and being truthful and transparent. And it's shocking to me every time it happens, because to me, it's just me telling people what's going on in my life, right? Because this is messy and it is hard and it is weird and scary. And it's also beautiful and fascinating and exciting. But if we only talk about the beautiful and exciting and the fascinating, or if we're only fighting against the things that we don't think are going the way we want to, where is that human side of what we're really going through? And and so I don't know how to necessarily make that happen, but I do think the image of spirituality could be more authentic and more genuine in what's really going on with people instead of look at me, I'm this beautiful ray of light. Right. Uh, And I think there are some people out there who are doing that. Right. I I do Mm. think that there's some, some people who are being honest and it is a fine line. It's tough because you want people to respect you, especially if you're a practitioner, right? Like, yeah readings for a living. And so the last thing I want is people thinking I'm a hot mess all the time, but you know what? Sometimes I'm a hot mess and that makes my readings more authentic. Um, because I get it. I get what it's like to be in that really hard spot. Um, and I have, I've had a lot of darkness in my life and a lot of hard things. So my goal is not to hide from those things. My goal is to embrace them as part of who I am. Yeah. That's really beautiful. And as you were talking, two things came to mind that I, first of all, I completely agree. That is something that transparency is something I would love to see a little bit more of from, um, from practitioners. And one of my favorite clips of Ram Das, who is, has been such a pivotal part of my journey as well, who, and you know, he's now a non-physical, but he was giving this talk and he was like, pretty much like, oh, you guys think that I'm like perfect. Like I don't have problems. I was just like pining over a guy just not too long ago. The only difference is, is that, you know, when these things happen, I just have this awareness of how to get myself back into alignment and I can teach it to you. Right. He was like, but I still have things that come up in my life. And it was so cool because, you know, Ram Das is somebody who was just, you know, very highly regarded in spirituality and his teachings were so beautiful, but it was just like so real. He was like, I was just pining over a guy the other day. And it was, it was so funny to hear that my other favorite was Gabby Bernstein, who I'm such like a big fan of. And she just last year, she released her book, Happy Days. And it's all about recovering from trauma, big T and little T trauma and just her journey. And she was sharing a story about how when she was pitching the book to her publishing company and it was like her like eighth or ninth book like she's written so many and um they were like this is a little sad (laughs) they're like can you like change the tone of it and because in there she admits to having like 
panic attacks when she's about to go on stage or like she's at retreats and she's going through massive shame and all these things. And they were like, do you think people are going to like think that like you're a fraud or a phony or, and she was like, no, she was like, I think it makes me more human. And this book is probably in my opinion, um, just one of her more powerful books. Just, and it's kind of like, you know, for me as a practitioner, I'm like, oh, Gabby Bernstein's having a meltdown before she goes on stage. Great. Me too. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. It ties in. Um, I have a now former therapist who once said to me, you need to be careful about what you share in your group because people will use it against you. And this is after someone did just that. Like I had said something um, in one of our, our meetups about, my, um, my past in how I used to think that I had to manipulate situations to get what mm -hmm. I wanted. Mm -hmm. And that person then in a disagreement threw that in my face and said, you know, you, you've admitted that you manipulate people mm -hmm. and which is not quite what I said. Um, yeah. but when I was talking to my therapist about that moment and about how hurtful that was at that time, uh, she was saying, you know, you, you shouldn't, you need to be careful what you share. And I said, you know, that's the opposite of what our group is. Yeah. So I, if I'm going to be raw and out there, yes. Am I taking a risk that, that people are going to judge me for that or use that against me? Yes. But honestly, that speaks way more about them than it does me. Mm -hmm. uh, and the amount of people who have been helped by me admitting these things about myself is way greater than the mm. the one or two people that might take it and and use it as a weapon. Uh and I think that has been another lesson learned in this is is that authenticity allows others to be more authentic. And while it is not easy and it is very scary, right? It's that uh vulnerability hangover mm -hmm. uh that we hear about with Brene Brown. Um but once we do that it gets easier and easier and easier to feel more at home in our own skin. Mm -hmm. And that is my goal. I just want to feel okay in my body. Mm -hmm. I just want to like walk through my day and feel good more than I feel bad. And that has not always been my reality. And so I'm just so grateful that I'm on this path that is allowing me to do that more often. So I have a really exciting question, and this is probably my most favorite question I've ever asked anybody, and I saved it for you. Um, so you, so let's say you're sitting down, you're being interviewed by Oprah. Hmm. You know. You know, just casual on a Wednesday afternoon. <laughs> What's one thing that you hope that she would ask you about? Oh, Travis. Uh, first of all, Oprah, if you're listening. I'm, I'm ready anytime, anytime. Aerie is available. Whenever. I am available. I will rework my schedule, Oprah. Um, you know, honestly, I think I would love to hear on a platform that big, uh, more conversation about spirituality in day-to-day -day life, uh, for normal everyday people who are navigating this, but also, being mothers who are exhausted and who mm. are working three jobs just to try to make rent and who are, are dealing with, um, the inequities of our life, of our, our society and, and still trying to hold themselves in the light. I would love to talk more about our members and how 
beautiful their journeys are in the realness of day-to-day life for most people. Um, so I don't know exactly how she'd word that question, but she's Oprah. She'll figure it out. Uh, but I would love to talk about, about the real people out there, not their influencers are great. I yeah. love them. Thank you for all you do for those influencers who are living in integrity and, and passing that on. Like you, Travis, you're a beautiful, beautiful light out there. But there is a whole population of our society mm-hmm. who is lost in this world, mm-hmm. um, in this spiritual world. And I I would love to bring some of their stories to light. And like, you can't just law of attraction your way out of some of those situations. I mean, yeah, it, the, the oversimplification of spirituality sometimes is so, you and I have talked about this many times, but yeah. it's so... <laughs> gross to me um this idea like i am a believer in some of the law of attraction and some of the things of it i am a believer that life is going to be easier for you if you can stay in a higher frequency but i'm also a believer in things like racism existing and things like like homophobia and things out there that are are really freaking hard and we are humans here we are having these experiences and just to say love and light it it's like (laughs) everybody calm down like yes we need to be in love and light but you know i i'm a big believer that compassion does not mean complacency and i i think we can hold people in compassion and not like what they are doing and not do all of that but also say this is not okay Mm -hmm. uh and and so i think that there are a lot of voices out there Oprah's included, all the influencers out there included, that it is easier to not take a stand on certain things Mm -hmm. because you do not want to get involved in the hard things. But unfortunately, I think we're going to have to. I think we're going to have to to step up and be the light in so many different ways, including taking a stand for, for things that really feel important. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And that's been something that's been on my mind lately too, is, you know, is the, that, that using my platform, using what I've, you know, been so blessed to create and how I've been uh, able to show up in the world, how to push for more equality, because unfortunately, like it just, it doesn't exist for everyone. And it would be silly to say, and especially me as like, you know, I know I, I understand I'm a gay male, but like I'm a, I'm a white cisgendered male. Right. And while yes, like I'm in a minority group, like I also understand that I still have a very big amount of privilege. Right. So, you know, how do you use that and push towards equality, which is something that I'm, you know, working on behind the scenes to educate myself on and, how to show up in a way that I don't come across as like, you know, the white savior. And, you oh, know, like- <laughs> cause I, I certainly don't want to dist- detract from someone else's story either. Yeah. So it is an interesting, um, it is an interesting thought and it's interesting. It's cutting it up this morning because, you know, synchronicities, it's as like, you know, how do you as a spiritual person show up and help and be that voice for good while also acknowledging pain because there's a lot of pain. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. Um, but I, 
I am actively dedicated to trying to work that out. Um, yeah. And again, I have the same thing. You know, I I am a white woman and I definitely have put my mouth where it should not be talking about <laughs> all these things that it should not be talking about. Um, and, you know, even though I think everything I've ever said came from a place of, of well, well-meaning, right? Like I didn't, it was, it was me trying to, to do what I thought was right. And I am sure that I will say things again that I will have to apologize for. Um, but I also am realizing that that does not mean that I can just shut up and disappear. Um, because, I, I want to be an ally in the best way that I can. And, but that requires me getting as much education as I can, uh, on all of these topics. And, uh, I'm, I'm not going to say I'm great at that either. I, I sometimes get overwhelmed like we all do. And Mm -hmm. so trying to give myself grace for that, um, and also hold myself to a standard that I hope other people will hold themselves to as well. It's, it's tough. It's why we have an ethics committee in Awkwardly Zen, because yeah. I can't be the one making that decision all the time because I am not yeah. able to be all things to all people and yeah. know all things about all people. Yeah. This came up in a Zen Zoom um, a couple of nights ago where I was there. Actually, I think I said it. Uh, actually, I know I said it. <laughs> it was, <laughs> it was, um, it, it, you know, something that had come up for me was this concept of high vibration and low vibration and how, you know, there's this like misconception that being high vibe or good vibes only, it's you know, only showing up happy, only showing up joyful, right? And somebody who has experienced and still experiences on occasion, depression, anxiety, things of that nature, that you know, it's like, okay, I still feel high vibrational, even though I'm still kind of feeling like today, like, you know, I'm getting out of bed, I'm doing basic self care, I'm showering and getting dressed, like, that's, that's all I got in me. And so, you know, and I think that a lot of people are there. And sometimes you hear like, oh, you got to be high vibration only, and or feel good only. And for me, I've reframed that. And it's, and, and what I heard someone say, and this is my new definition of being high vibration is operating within my integrity, hmm. staying, yeah. staying within my integrity, doing things that even though it may not be the thing that's the most comfortable, it's the thing that I know I'm not going to feel like shit for doing after. It's not the immediate pleasure. It's the, you know, it's the being dedicated to peace, being dedicated to feeling satisfied with my actions and my behavior um, and how I'm affecting other people and how I'm showing up in other people's lives. And um, so I was going somewhere with that and my like thoughts just ran off, but but kind of in this conversation of showing up for others, you know, to me, that's kind of the new definition of high, bri- high vibration for me in my world. Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's interesting, even the phrase good vibes only is really interesting to me because like I have a, I have a pillow back behind me that says good vibes. Right. And I was sitting in a meeting one day and somebody went off on a tangent about the good vibes only thing and how they were so like angry about it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, what I realized was, is that there are judgments from all sides, right? Like 
the people who want to think that way, or that's where they feel like they need to be right now, there's a lot of judgment that comes to them from people who are not in that space. And then on the other side of that, the people who are struggling or, or low vibrates, vibrant vibrancy frequency, who <laughs> like struggling with stuff like that, then there can be this judgment on the other side. And, and honestly, sometimes I just think the judgment in itself is a big part of the problem. Um, because yeah. if somebody wants to wear a good vibes only shirt, like wear your freaking shirt, have fun with it. Right. Like, like live your life. Now reality is we're not going to live in good vibes only. Like we do have stuff that happens. I mean, you stub your toe, you're not going to be in a good vibe for a minute because (laughs) that is your reality. So like I, the, the concept of good vibes only, the concepts that are out there, love and light, all of those things. Like I, I love them. Um, but I also think that we can be in this reality Mm -hmm. and love everyone through these moments. Right. And I don't know what's going on with any person on any given day. Mm-hmm. I have no idea, right? Even my friends, like Travis, I talk to you, I don't know, 10 times a day back and forth. <laughs> so you would think that I would have a clear understanding, but I don't. I don't see mm-hmm. what's going on when we're not in communication. I don't know what what is happening in your heart space. And so when you're down or when you're saying something beautifully snarky, uh, I get to choose if I judge you or if I accept yeah. that for where you are at the moment. And to yeah. me, that's the vibration, right? Is like yeah. letting someone be who they are or seeing the humor because your, your snarkiness is always really humorous to me, uh, <laughs> but seeing the humor in it and allowing it to be seen through a lens of love instead of a lens of judgment and judgment is not always a bad thing either again we Mm-mm. give more to words sometimes you need judgment to keep yourself safe sure do but this girl right here sometimes takes that to a whole nother level and can be <laughs> a judgmental b so i just that's what i'm working on in myself right now instead of trying to say i need to be high frequency or i'm supposed to be here or i should yeah. i'm just like here's where i'm at Just like you, the authenticity of where I am Mm -hmm. and I'm going to be okay with that for right now. Now I am also aware that this is not the highest frequency I can be at. So what steps can I take? What tools can I use to help me get to a higher frequency as soon as it is something that I am capable of doing, but it's okay to not be happy all the damn time. Amen. Amen. (laughs) So my last question and something I would love for you to leave people listening with is, you know, let's just say we've got somebody who's listening, who is fresh on their spiritual journey, or is just kind of feeling like, okay, where do I go next? What, what from your experience, what pieces of my favorite uh, airy wisdom can you give to someone who's in that position right now? It is hard to pick one thing because Mm -hmm. we do spend a lot of time with people who are newer on their path. I think if I had to narrow it down to one, it would be give yourself grace. Uh, Give yourself some grace to have no idea what you're doing. Give yourself grace to mess it up. Give yourself grace to 
learn at the pace that works for you. Give yourself grace for getting overly excited and oversharing and give yourself grace for just some days not being able to, to get excited about it. And I think we, we are not taught that as children. Uh, we are not taught to, to hold ourselves sacred and to give ourselves grace. And so if you're new on this path and if you've been on this path for decades, I think we could all give ourselves a little more grace. Ari, this has been such a great conversation, and I'm so grateful for you dropping by Psychic Happy Hour to chat. Where can people find you and Awkwardly Zen? And I will be sure to link everything in the comments as well. Thank you. So you can go to awkwardlyzen.com. Uh, and on that, you can find um, the links to the meetup group. You can find all of our partners, including me, uh, on our partner page and Travis. Uh, <laughs> and you can find like we have a podcast on there that some of our members do. Um, there's all sorts of fun things. But you can also just look up Meetup Awkwardly Zen. And uh, it should take you to our pro page and you can find the location closest to you and join that. And again, we do 30 free events every month. It's such a great place to connect with one another. Uh, and yeah, that's that's basically where you find us. Beautiful. Ari, thank you so much. And thank you for listening and taking the time to enjoy this episode. As always, I love you. I'm incredibly proud of you. And we'll see you on the next episode of Psychic Happy Hour.